Well, hey there, sugar. This here is Rogue, and you are listening to Comics in Motion. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob. For old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Marvel character ever, but you should never meet your Right, welcome everybody to another episode of Comics in Motion Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion Film and TV Reviews. Mixing it up a bit here, Chris. So, myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective, Dave. Awesome. And with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, why have I just messed up the whole intro there? We've done like hundreds of episodes now, but we've got so many other different shows. So Comics in Motion is really a whole bunch of shows. So, you know, uh, we're just focusing on the movies and TV now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We've we've got some uh, great content creators, Dave, haven't we? We've literally, I think we've literally got a show every day now. So there's definitely something that hopefully tickles your fancy if you're in the comic book realm and we've also got a new show haven't we dave yeah absolutely so this is uh this is by steve uh well steve's the main architect and then there's basically a couple of his friends so steve knows a lot about all the different comic books and and comic book law um and basically uh, his friends know a bit less and so they'll have a discussion around a particular character and then hopefully bring our listeners along. So it's a bit, it's actually called Superheroes for Dummies. Um, and so it's really just to get you in at that ground zero uh, of a particular character. And they've started off, I mean, what better place? They started off with Batman. And so uh, it's an awesome listen. Have you had a chance to listen to it, Chris? Yeah, I'm actually about halfway through, Dave, and I'm telling you now, if they don't invite me on when they do Superman, I will not be happy, Dave. <laughs> so the, the call has gone out, Steve. You better get me on. You know what? You you need to do uh, Robin. Because <laughs> all the different Robins, they can kind of educate you a little bit on that. And uh, yeah, that that would be a fun one. Because I, I guess you could start off with Dick Grace and probably do a whole episode on him. Um, but you've got all the others. You've got Damian Wayne, Tim Drake. I, I think a lot of people, I know Tony, you know, indie comics spotlight Tony. Uh, I think his favorite's Tim Drake. I think a lot of people kind of uh, went for him as, as being that kind of um, favorite Robin. But uh, yeah, no, it's really exciting, Chris. And then hopefully we'll have another one coming on. Um, I'll keep stum just in case it doesn't happen. But in the next couple of weeks, hopefully that one will be on as well. And I'll tell you what, Dave, it's amazing, isn't it? We've, you know, we started this as just me and you. And we've got so many good friends from it. And we've got a lovely little network of not only friends, podcasters, content creators on here. And I can't be prouder, honestly. I've just threw a tweet out to yourself because, you know, it was your idea. We've both run with it, haven't we? We've, we've been there in the background and, and it's there and it's it's going really well. So I'm really, really pleased with the channel, honestly. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And uh, yeah, it's just getting better and better, Chris. But our bread and butter... Is uh, is obviously looking at mostly movies, and we do do a bit of TV, but we've not done 
TV for a little while, have we? What are we going to review today, Chris? Well, Dave, we thought, well, we'd had this discussion and we're going to balance it out because we have done a bit, a lot of Marvel stuff recently and we wanted to do something slightly different. So you'd picked, and I, I, you know, I've never seen it. I didn't even realize it was a comic adaption, but read the 2010 action movie starring Bruce Willis, uh, John Malkovich, Morgan Freeman, and the lovely Helen Mirren, Dave. Oh, and also the legendary Billy Butcher, Carl Urban, Dave. So yeah. what can we say about this? I mean, I, I've, it's always been there. I know it reviewed well. I've just never got around to watching it. And I was like, you know, when you said it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, great idea. Let's do it. And it did take me a few days to get to watch it, Dave. But yeah, interesting film. Yeah. And how, sorry to cut across, but it, it's very much, it feels a little bit like when we watch The Losers. Yeah. Because it's, a, it's that type of art style. It's not necessarily, there's no over the top action in it or that superhero powers is there it's just they're very good at what they do so uh yeah i mean i've never seen it before have you seen it before dave yeah i remember seeing it at the time and um i don't think at the time when i read it i i wasn't aware um when i watched it the first time that it was based on a comic book now it's only it's only a small little mini series basically like three issues it was published by uh homage comics which is part of um Wildstorm, Wildstorm being part of DC Comics. So, you know, um, that was back in 2003. <clears throat> and it's created by Warren Ellis and the art was by Cully Hamner. And so, yeah, it was only kind of through watching it. It's like, oh, it seems to be based on a comic book. And you're right. I mean, it, it's very similar, isn't it, to The Losers in that, you know, it's, it's definitely not superhero. But, you know, if you're listening to Tony's show, Indie Comic Spotlight, you can see that a lot of the uh, sort of indie titles aren't aren't actually based on powers or superheroes at all. So, but you know they can just they've got free well not quite free reign, but they can just tell a much more diverse set of stories than uh, our spandex wearing friends that obviously we love. But yeah, I, th- I thought uh, it was a bit of a surprise for me this one. It's funny, isn't it? Because you know I- I'll be honest with you, like you were just saying there about the guy's new show. And for me, I'll only ever accept Dick Grayson as Robin Dave because I don't, I've never, you know, I've never read any of the comics and that. So there's only going to be one Batman. There's only going to be one Robin. Obviously, I know Bruce Wayne's pretty much Batman other than Alfred doing a few skits and the odd one in some runs into like alternate universe. That, But for me, they are the only ones. Clark Kent is the only Superman, things like that. Tony Stark is the only Iron Man because I am purely a movie fan. I do like it now when we do the, the comic stuff and we read it and stuff, and I have enjoyed it like when we did Civil War on Max's show, uh, Manager Marvel and DC. Yeah. It was brilliant. But when you're doing something like this, and what it's my ignorance, I think I've got to call out, my own ignorance is I see comics and things like that as they're either ridiculous, like the Beano and Dandy crap that we got in the UK, like the real childish stuff, or they're, as you've just said, spandex wearing superheroes. And we've reviewed on Comics Emotion, but you've opened my eyes to a lot of stuff that's just pure action. It might yeah. be far-fetched, but it's just pure action. And I, I, honestly, it's really good that we've gone down the route watching something like this, because this almost falls under the VHS Strikes Back. If it had been a few years earlier, we could have double-bubbled this day. Because yeah. it is interesting so yeah my ignorance has uh changed slightly with towards comics since we've been doing this yeah and i think we've done a few mark millar type stories haven't we but you know he was another one that 
he's kind of got a knack for writing comics specifically to be adapted as movies. He's, he's done financially very well out of it, you know, and I, I think we'll be seeing more and more stuff coming up on, on Netflix from him because, uh, you know, Netflix had bought out that whole kind of uh, Millar world, he, he kind of called yep. it. So, you know, obviously we've had Kick-Ass and that. Um, Kingsman as well. So, you know, he, he in particular just writes in that very cinematic screenplay type way. But yeah, there's so many great stories. And, and you're not on your own, Chris. I think unless you're a comic book nerd, I think a lot of the the movies out there that are based on these types of comics, which aren't spandex wearing uh, uh, in their origins, loads of people just wouldn't be aware. And so even, you know, before we did our episode one on Comics in Motion, you know, we said that we did want to be more diverse and not just cover all the superhero stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got through to this one because I kind of half forgot about it. I watched it at the time, really liked it at the time, but it's not one of those I kept going back to and, and revisiting. No, I, I will say though, Dave, I'm definitely interested in you. Oh, even if we don't do it on the podcast, I am going to seek out the sequel without a doubt. So, so it's yeah. definitely something I'm going to do. Yeah, well, you're showing, showing your hand a little bit there as to uh, how much you liked it. Obviously, I, 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 God, Dave, but, I know what you're going to say. Better than eat my dust. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going to say that but oh my word if you're listening to this then please get over to the vh strikes back in the next week or so because our next couple of reviews are one of them is really good one of them is in one of them is eat my dust i ron howard and it's available on amazon prime and my i'm gonna to have to swear dave but my fucking god i have watched some turkeys you've stitched me up horrocks with some turkeys but i stitched us both for watching this because cool as oh ice my god. cool as ice and jim carter may actually be better than that yeah and that's saying something it's, it's horrendous <laughs> I just my my jaw was on the floor for almost a whole ninety minutes or however long. I mean, that was the only saving grace was that it was a quite a short film, but Christ, it didn't feel like it. <laughs> Sorry, I know we need to save ourselves when we record that, but my word, I am expecting some shit on our podcast over the next year. You are going to stitch me right back up, Dave. Oh, you know That's what? Horrendous. Before before we agreed on that one, I was thinking, you know what? I quite fancy going back and revisiting a classic like Platoon or Full Metal Jacket or something like that. Something, you know, I don't think we've covered, apart from First Blood, I guess, we, we haven't covered a kind of war type, you know, certainly not a Vietnam movie. But I think now, uh, with that one, I'm going to go fucking fantasy, <laughs> which I know you hate. <laughs> uh, not only that, low-budget British fantasy, I think it's going to be Hawk the Slayer, which <laughs> is... T- Pretty horrendous, I've got to tell you, Chris. Even at the time, uh, it's a 1980 film, so yeah, that's that, that's the one I think I'm going to stitch you up with. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> and we'll get back to our good ones after that. Yeah, in yeah fact, I don't blame fact, you. I think the whole Vietnam thing will probably be a better poll, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's some cracking Vietnam films. There is, yeah. to be fair. There's some. But I mean, Dave, Mission Impossible, uh, Mission Impossible, Mission in Action Two must fall under that banner. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, Chuck Norris. I believe. Um, oh, what was it? I saw a meme the other day, and it was it was like uh, Chuck Norris got exposed to coronavirus, and coronavirus is self isolating for 14 days or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
plastic. The Chuck Norris piss takes. I love him. I absolutely love him. It is good. It is good. Now, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. Don't make any sudden moves. Don't talk about satellites. Seriously? Where are you trying to kill me? Why would I be trying to kill you? Because the last time we met, I tried to kill you. That was a long time ago. Some people hold on to things like that. They used to be the CIA's top agents. Victoria, best wet work asset in the business. What? What's that? I kill people, dear. But the secrets they know... This is off the books, total blackout. ...just made them... The agency's top targets. Tell me everything you know. Some thumbsucker tagged him red. Red? Retired, extremely dangerous. Yeah, hey, don't make him like that anymore. We're going to break into the CIA and find out who's trying to kill us. We're getting the band back together. I put a few things away. Just in case. I am excited. What do you suppose the punishment is for what we're doing here? Death. Awesome. <laughs> I thought it might be nice to have a bit of girl time together. You can't touch me. Of course we can. No respect. Old man, my... Red. Now, Frank Moses is a retired Black Ops CIA agent, and he's living on his own in Ohio, and he creates these opportunities to talk to Sarah Ross, who's a worker at the uh, administration pension offices, and they strike up a bit of a friendship, and later later on one night, you get this assassination squad uh, descending on Frank's house, and so he, he realizes he's, he's trying to be taken out, and he you know suspects it's the CIA, so he goes out to seek out Sarah. Now, Chris, what do you make to the opening of this one? Well, I couldn't work out whether... I couldn't work out if it was a joke, whether it was it was a serious film. You know, I had no concept. I love Bruce Willis, Dave. You know, John McClane. I can watch anything he's in. Last Boy Scout's one of my favourite movies of his as well. It doesn't matter who he is. He's always going to be John McClane, Dave. Now, he is playing it. I realised after the first about 10 minutes of just wanting gunshots going off, and none of the neighbours actually came out and saw that this house was getting absolutely decimated by... Um, these 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 hooded sort of masked vigilante sort of spec spec op guys, but I love it, Dave. I love stuff like this, and it was just fucking nonsense, absolutely ridiculous that this old guy could just take them all out. But it's Bruce Willis at the end of the day, Dave. So yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I watched the start of it, I was like, why the hell haven't I watched this before? This is right up my street. Yeah, no, I'm glad, well, I'm glad it started off strong for you, and. and... I mean, it's no more ridiculous. It, it, you could almost place this in the 80s, couldn't you? Like the action. Oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah lethal weapon job, yeah. Lethal weapon or die hard. You know, he's, he's definitely, 
it's not superheroes, but he's just an ultimate badass, isn't he? And I think I remember watching this, Chris, and I, I don't think I recognise Carl Urban, you know, as being someone to be recognised, if you like. So I, I didn't really like him from the start, but I think watching it this time, you know, we've seen him in lots of different roles since, and uh, you know, straight off the bat, you can see he is. Our main protagonist is obviously, you know, Bruce Willis or Frank Moses. But, you know, uh, Urban as William Cooper, I do quite like his role as well, you know, in trying to chase down Frank. And he's just ultimately taking uh, orders from the CIA, isn't he, to try and wipe out Frank. Exactly. And and I do think the the only thing that's a little bit thin on the story is the fact that he's talking to Sarah, who works for the pensions shop and he's and pensions administration and he basically just keeps ripping it up, doesn't he? His pension saying that he's he's not received it, just so we can talk to her. So yes, yeah, so I just find that a little bit a little bit of a stretch. However, perfect for the story. I think she's a great foil for uh, Bruce Willis. I really do. Uh, Mary Louise Parker plays her. Really interesting character. It does move pretty quick, this movie. Now, it runs at 1 hour 50, but we're into the story pretty much from the get-go, Dave. Yeah, yeah. It's no sort of table setting or, or anything, is there? It's straight in there. And, you know, it soon becomes like a, a who's who, doesn't it? You know, he goes up to meet uh, Marvin Boggs, who's played by John Malkovich, and... It started coming back to me because, like I say, I'm pretty sure I've only watched it the once. And even though I really enjoyed it, I'd sort of forgotten a lot of it. So it's like, oh, John Malkovich is in this. And, you know, he's uh, he's a little bit doolally, isn't he? You know, he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. But, yeah, I thought he played a, a good role. And, of course, you get Morgan Freeman as well, you know, meeting up with him. Yeah, again, more, and we get the sort of... It looks like Morgan's been taken out, doesn't he? It looks like he's been shot, uh, but he hasn't. Uh, he, he, it's, you know, we, we don't know that. It's Frank in his character. And I, th- I think... Uh, Joe, what's Joe in... is... Uh, Sorry, Morgan Joe. Freeman. Fra- Frank's Bruce Willis. I knew that, Dave. Yeah, maybe we should pay more attention. Yeah, sorry, Joe. So he goes to see Joe, doesn't he, and stuff, and and he's sort of saying like, "I'm 80 years old. I've got stage four liver cancer. What what am I bothered?" And and Frank's like, "Well, you will be to shoot you, sort of thing." But but I think what's I'm going to admit something here, Dave, and you might think, "Fucking hell, Chris." But I always had a thing, Dave, when I was younger for Goldie Horn. Now, obviously, she was in her forties, probably when I watched Bird on a Wire. But that movie just did wonders for me. I loved her <laughs> in some of her younger stuff. I don't know what it was. I always thought she was stunning, naturally uh, gorgeous. But Dave, even in this, Helen Mirren, <laughs> I still think she's a good-looking lady. She's lovely, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, she's about 70, but I'm, I'm telling you, in a day, she's stunning. Stunning. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She had a proper renaissance, hadn't she, over the last... I think it's when she did. Was it... Um, Prime suspect, wasn't it, in the UK? I'd never seen her before. She did that in like the 90s, didn't she? Early 90s. Yeah. And then from there, she's just seemed to have gone over to Hollywood and just been in different movies playing. I mean, she's in the Fast and Furious movie. She's uh, Jason Statham's mum. So she's been in the last two, uh, three or four oh, right, okay. of them. Yeah. She's proper Cockney psycho in it. Like, but she's, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, Dave. Yeah. It's a bit of a man crush on her there, definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, she, uh, I mean, she's obviously part of uh, Frank's old crew. So, you know, he's he's getting together his little team and, you know, they think all of these retired, extremely dangerous crowd are going to get bumped off. Uh, But they meet up with an old kind of enemy, you know, Ivan, played by Brian Cox, 
and uh, it seems that old old Ivan and uh, Victoria uh, Helen Mirren had a bit of a thing in the past. Yeah, yeah, because he says, "Did he just call you Bunny?" <laughs> you know, yeah. when they're getting chased. <laughs> but but I, I do think, Dave, the one thing I love about this movie is, is the set pieces of like the the way they do the shooting and everything. It's fucking brilliant. However. There is some gory bits, the odd gory bit, but nothing too much. You don't see a lot, yeah. do you? It's it's a twelve. So even when Bruce Willis is killing people, you sort of see it as he's about to shoot them, but you don't actually see the bullet go in and things like that. I think that's a clever usage of of what rating they wanted this movie to so appeal to more of a wider audience. So I think for this personally, usually I call movies out for being watered down, don't I? And when we've done stuff like obviously Dread. We know Carl Urban was dread, don't we? Yeah. And then we watched the Stallone one, which Stallone wanted it to be ultra violent. And then, uh, sorry, he wanted it to be like a comedy and they were at ultra violence. We ended up in between. So, with this, though, I think this works. The only thing I would say about watching this is Bruce Willis is great. He's never been an Arnie, a, a Schwarzenegger. You know, he's never been a Van Damme. He's always just been that normal guy. John McClain was a normal cop with a vest and that was it. You know, he was, wasn't. Uh, fat or overweight, he was just a normal dad bod, wanting like a sort of superhero. This is like the Expendables without the steroids and the testosterone days, because you've <laughs> yeah. got John Malkovich, you've got Morgan Freeman, obviously you've got Helen Mirren, you've got Richard Dreyfus in it, Brian Cox, you know, so you flip out on the other side, Stallone's got Arnie, Harrison Ford, Van Damme, obviously Harrison Ford not so much, Mel Gibson definitely did a course of testosterone when he did the Expendables, <laughs> he even admitted that, he got proper ripped up, and it was it was like that. I quite enjoyed that with a mix of Carl Urban and some of the younger uh, actors and actresses. But it did feel like almost an Expendables ripoff. And it's interesting they both because they both came out the same year. Yes, I know. They, and this was obviously this idea was before the Expendables won it because uh, th- you know this had been out since two thousand three in the comics. So. Whether Stallone took inspiration from uh, something off this comic, because he's a comic book reader, Stallone, as well. So maybe. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big comic book reader, yeah. So um, well, know, maybe it's off that. I know they, yeah, they kept it to a 12. And you're right, they, you know, the action was good, but it was tame, if you like. Um, but I, I never really felt they were holding back, other than, like you say, you know, there's not being that much blood, not that much swearing. I mean, it. it it was the budget was about it was just below sixty million, and they made nearly two hundred million. So yeah, definitely exactly. commercially, it was definitely a success. And you'd have thought if they'd have had it more of an R rating, then it wouldn't have made nearly as much. So you know, I guess it's it's done the job there. Yeah, because you got and you're right because you get a lot of that stuff where two of the good guys are left in a room with two bad guys and you don't know what's going to happen the next but the door opens and there's like Bruce Willis or there's John Malkovich or you know do you understand what I mean like yeah. you don't see when they need to show the action they show it but when they don't you get that sort of foreshadowing where you're like oh well they've just kicked the shit out of him haven't we you know and I quite like that I mean he has a great fight with Carl Urban yeah. Bruce Willis when he did this in 2010 was in his early 50s he's obviously 60 now he's not 61 62 he still looks good and he still sort of, he doesn't miss a beat other than the hair. He'd think he was John McClane from the 80s. He absolutely goes. I mean, I know these stuntmen and that, but you can see he's doing some of his stunts, and that's a cracking fight, that. Yeah. And and I guess, you know, when we when we review stuff on the VHS, you see how crap some of the action and the fighting is. Uh, and you know, it really sort of started it, it was more kind of nineties. If anything, I guess Matrix and and probably Blade. Uh, the year before that as well, where you just start to get real good quality action scenes. 
Um, but yeah, I, I thought that fight between uh, Willis and Urban was was pretty good as well. And, and you know what, Dave? I think as you're saying that, something that always comes to me is when you get an older guy playing, uh, you know, going against younger people. So I, I must admit, watch the latest Terminator. Good film. Enjoyed it in the cinema. We reviewed it, didn't we? I, I, I didn't mind it at all. Um, I will say that they do play to the fact that Arnie is, and they've done it in the last few movies, you know, he's come back as a T-800, but literally he is a decrepit old machine. He can still go a bit, but he, he never is fully uh, like for like against you. was how it should be. And I remember watching, uh, what's that one that's just been, well, Jimmy Hoffa that's just been on Netflix with Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino. Um, oh, gosh. The, the Irishman, the one that was on. Oh, for like, I yeah, know yeah. you've seen it. Well, Robert De Niro, they keep de-aging them. It's a Scorsese film. And they de-age them at like literally every scene. So one minute, you don't know whether you're in current time, which is it's set like mid-70s before Jimmy Hoffa dies. Then they go back to when he was younger, then even younger than that. And they do quite a... It's all right, the de-aging, but there's one bit where De Niro goes with his daughter and he's supposed to be about 40-odd. And the, the, the fucking guy in the shops give him a, the daughter a bit for telling off or something or a slap or whatever it is. Or, or, and he goes in and nails his shopkeeper outside, like pistol whips him and everything. But Dave, he just looks like an old bloke. He's hitting right. someone. You know, like De Niro's the raging bully of boxing training. He did one with, Arne, uh, with Stallone about 10 years ago, a boxing one where they both got in the ring and fought like a daft comedy. I've seen that's quite a good film. He looks terrible. I'd have right. to show you the bit. It looks like an old bloke in his 70s trying to muster up the courage to give someone a crack. It looks fucking awful. Everyone right. said it about that movie. The movie is fantastic. It's a classic gangster movie right up my street. But that bit, it stands out, not even like a sore thumb, Dave. It's like a bag of dicks has been thrown into the scene. It just looks <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> That's a terrible analogy. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'll have to show it you. But for the, for, so what I'm getting at is these guys are older, and obviously Morgan Freeman's playing an 80-year-old when really he's probably about 60 because he's about seven, uh, about 70 in this. He's, he's about 80 now. And he doesn't look out of place, but they, they use, the way they use the fight, what they do in the movies, it's a lot of gun stuff and yeah. weapons and that and clever tricks. They don't have to get physical other than when Bruce Willis fights Carl Urban. And that is a great fight because Bruce Willis is still fit and can go. The others, it wouldn't work. John Malkovich had to be a wacky out there assassin who could still do a bit. So yeah, I I, I just thought what they did was great. It was great cinematography. And, and even Richard Dreyfuss, who was, was a classic 80s actor, um, he's pretty good in it as well. He's a bit of a devious one, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what do you reckon to the... I, I mean, when they catch up with Dreyfus, you know, he's the arms trafficker and they kind of interrogate him a little bit. They end up getting pinned down, don't they? But he gives, like, the vice president's name as being someone who's ordered the assassination of the, uh, you know, these red ex-CIA agents and... Uh, as you mentioned before, I mean, um, uh, Morgan Freeman, you know, he's going to go out anyway, old Joe. And so he takes one for the team. Um, and I just, I don't know. I don't know if I bought that scene entirely, you know, when he kind of went out. I wasn't sure who took the shot and shot him. But it was all just very super convenient, wasn't it? Because he, he had a liver cancer and whatever. And it, it was just obvious that he had to go out. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny, you know, because he's about like the vice president. That's played by Julian McMahon, who doesn't really come into it till the end. Well, he was in a show, me and Sam, he was in 
home and away. He was married to Danny Minogue, but he was in there. Do you ever watch Nip Tuck, Dave, about the plastic surgeons? Yeah, I know. I remember him from Charmed. <laughs> Charmed, yeah, he was in Charmed, yeah. He was, he was a bastard in Nip Tuck. He was Christian Troy, like the narcissist one who was always sleeping with all the women. But he had a proper career spike from about the mid-2000s because of Nip Tuck. It was, I mean, me and Sam love that show. He was on for like seven years. He was, he was like the main lead in it, him and the other guy. So, so I was quite surprised. He doesn't really speak until the end in this. He's almost yeah, just yeah. like a background actor. So He's Doctor Doom as well in the Fantastic Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say Doctor Doom. Yeah, so so you would have thought he'd have more of a prominent part in it, but he's literally in it for about 10 minutes before he gets bumped off. Yeah. I know it's pretty crap role, role for him, really, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. But, but yeah, as a movie, it's great, and it moves along really well. Brian Cox is quite pivotal when they meet him, and he he lets them get into the buildings, whereas it's almost Smokey and the Bandit level, catch-me-if-you-can stuff, in it? <laughs> Bruce Willis is just three or four steps ahead of Carl Urban with yeah. Cooper throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, and sort of like when he's threatening his family and stuff and then gets him to... Um gets him to be on his side if you like you know he's he's kind of got him in his pocket from that point on but um i i quite liked it almost turns from an action movie to a bit of a heist movie it's sort of a bit oceans 11 uh where they're they're trying to get stanton the vice president at the end there and uh again i I thought it was quite clever just how they'd set it all up i I do like a heist movie chris you know and I, i know it's all in real life, nothing would ever quite go to plan how it always does. But I, I quite liked how they basically made, you know, a few people seem like a lot. And I liked uh, Malkovich, where he's like, ah, oh, I seem to remember the Secret Service being a lot tougher. <laughs> you know, you got yes. these yeah. old fogies, like, giving these younger uh, military crowd all the Secret Service and that a good run for their money. Yeah, it's funny because I was going to mention that line. You stole more thunder there, Dave. But <laughs> I will say, no, don't be daft. I will say, Dave, you know, and I bore everyone senseless with my love of Las Vegas, but for the VHS at some point with the ever-growing list of movies we've got to do, we've got to do Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. It's such a good film. I've got 13 as well on DVD. I don't think I've ever opened it, but I've watched it a few times. I haven't went to cinema to watch that. But yeah, a good heist movie, Dave, definitely. Especially with all the planning and the sort of foreshadowing. You think they're going one way. And then at the end, they do something completely different because you know what? You know, I love all that. You don't get to, t- they don't tell you everything that's going on on the screen. And yeah. then at the end, there's a little bit of a heel turn or a little a reveal. And that's what we like about them sort of movies. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess, yeah, I probably didn't mention. So Sarah got captured, didn't she? So when they were going to see um, the arms dealer, so Alexander, uh, played by Richard Dreyfus, Sarah ends up getting captured, doesn't she? Yeah, and uh, so you know they, this they're going to do this whole swap for the vice president and what have you. So I, I kind of forgotten about that bit, but just as we were talking through it, I just remembered it. But um, no, I mean I, I thought it was good. I did think Chris, I did think Helen Mirren might be a goner. You know, when she gets shot, yeah, ruining that lovely white dress that she was uh, wearing very well. Um, but yeah, old uh, Ivan comes to the rescue, doesn't he? Yeah, his little pen knife, Dave, and saves the day. And also, that helps for the end because you think that Cooper is going to shoot Frank, Bruce Willis, and they end up like a Russian standoff, don't they? And Richard Dreyfus comes, and then all of a sudden, this vice president goes from being like this absolute tyrant, Julian McMahon, to a soft ass, doesn't he? And he gets shot and killed by yeah. Dreyfus, and he just he just 
kills him. And then you're thinking, oh, shit, well, they're all for it now. But then, lo and behold, Cooper just does a, a complete 180. And Helen Mirren's there, and they just take everyone out, don't they? Yeah. Headshots, all of them. So that was a great... I thought it was a great ending. I, I saw it was rooting for Cooper, though, because he was a good guy. Yeah. He was following orders. He was very driven. But once he revealed his family and this thing, when he was talking to his family at the start, I was thinking, that's a bit odd. So I was quite happy at the end. I actually had a bit of connection to his character. So plus, he's always going to be Billy Butcher in my eyes, Dave. Yeah. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want him getting killed. He's one of my favourite characters ever. I think Billy Butcher. I love that. And it's out soon. The Boys series two. So I can't oh, wait. Is it out but, soon? Is it? Oh, oh yes. Oh yeah. He put it on. He put it on Twitter the other day, and it's like, oh, and so and I follow. Um, he replaced whole Homelander out of Banshee. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Dingy Star, Anthony Star, and he put on again saying like it's all ready to go. So I'm like, oh, oh this would be nice. ideal in lockdown. That that'll be literally. We're definitely gonna have to review that because I will watch that in one sitting. Literally, I love the first one. Yeah, no, it was awesome, wasn't it? And I think I don't know about one sitting, but certainly gonna binge that one when it comes out. I would definitely have to review that. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Now, I, like I say, I, I and I agree. I, you know. um, uh, it was a good kind of 180, but it was kind of coming as well. And I think, you know, I was saying before, I didn't really like that William Cooper character when I watched it the first time, but I think probably it's a bit the fact that, you know, I know who Carl Urban is now, obviously, but also I remember there, there being some kind of twist, you know, where he's, he's going to redeem himself kind of thing. So no, I, I thought he was good there. And again, I, I honestly can't remember the second one. Uh, and even who's in it. I think the the main cast are all in it, you know. Obviously Morgan Freeman's dead now, so <laughs> in the or yeah. Joe's dead uh, rather. So uh, you know, he wasn't gonna be in it. But I think the rest of them, I think, you know, Malkovich, Helen Mirren, um, Bruce Willis, I, I think they're in it at least. But w- one bit I had forgotten about, Chris, is obviously the Ivan uh, kind of reminds Frank that he owes him a favour and they need to go across to, to Moldova. And I've completely forgotten about this ridiculous comedy ending where you've got John Malkovich dressed up like a little girl, little blonde girl with pigtails or something being pushed along by, by Frank. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the hell that was all about, but... Um... Yeah, I did. I, I didn't think, think they it were was bad funny. shots, Dave. They had. The, they must have had the lightsabers as well because they were the fucking terrible shots again. Yeah, I mean they're, they're like about twenty yards behind them, and not a single person can actually shoot. You know, and they're all chasing them Benny Hill style, aren't they? You know, rather than just taking their time and taking one shot. So yeah, I, I just thought we, we talked about you know this not really being comic booky uh, at all, but. I mean, that was almost, I mean, Ace Ventura 2 springs to mind as well. <laughs> They're just running off in, in this comedy way. So I guess that's probably, you know, maybe teeing up a sequel as well. You know, they're not just going to fade back into retirement. They are going to be quite active. So, yeah, maybe it was for that. But, I mean, what did you reckon to that ending? Just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did seem almost Monty Python-esque out of place, really, for the movie. Because we'd had loads of jokes and... Bruce Willis never flinched when people were getting killed next to him and that. You know, when um, th- different people got shot in the movie, he doesn't even move, does he? Because obviously he's a hardened CIA agent. However, that last bit was ridiculous because contextually, he reminded me a little bit of Back to the Future 3 when uh, oh, yeah. when when he's getting chased by the Indians and he, he goes through to 1885 and they're right next to him. But then 
all of a sudden he goes over the ledge and reverses back as if they've never seen him. And he's he's not and it never made sense, even though I love their movies and my favourites ever. It contextually never ever looked right. And that didn't it doesn't matter, Dave. It's just a little nitpick because it's stupid at the end. Yeah, but yeah. it's good that it leads into that. And I think the lightheartedness of the movie also works because they're not trying to be too in your face with the one-liners. It's just subtle bit of acting and the way they move the bodies and stuff. It's quite clever acting to be fair. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. No, no. This uh, it is good. And, you know, it did win a few awards. It, it was nominated for loads this, Chris, but it did win... Uh... Uh, breakthrough achievement which was helen mirren and she also got uh, an award for um actress defying age and ageism (laughs) (laughs) which you know again can't really argue with that chris no she also won another award dave for the chris phelps i still fancy award that that was the (laughs) main one that she won Yep, yep. If there was an equivalent Dave Horrocks one as well, she'd probably win that as, as well, I think. <laughs> Amazing lady. But anyway, Chris, shall we get into our final review? Let's go. Now, Chris, as you hadn't watched it before, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so... Didn't know what to expect. We like to say within two or three minutes, there was just fucking bullets firing everywhere, chaos. I was like, "This is my sort of movie. Why have you not watched it?" Thoroughly enjoyed it. I love Bruce Willis anyway, Dave. There's not many films that I can't watch of his. Go, that was a turkey. Even these bad ones, I can watch. You know, I genuinely can. I just like him. Morgan Freeman's always a solid seven out of ten. He's a Dennis Irwin. If anyone's a United fan or a football fan, he he, he puts in his um, performance every week, and and he is a good actor. John Malkovich really good, and obviously, don't even diss Helen Mirren. So anyway, <laughs> as a movie, great. I just thought it just moved along. The humor's good. Carl Urban's a great foil for Bruce Willis. The you know, sort of uh, you know cat and mouse game that's going on, trying to catch him. He's always one step ahead, and then eventually, it's sort of like if you can't beat us, join us, you know, which he does. So great movie. What I'm undecided on is I, I can't work out whether it is on that up, upper tier or not. I, I, I will watch it again, but I don't necessarily think it's amazing, if that makes sense. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know I've marked some of the films down and put them in the middle for just ridiculous things, and I've also elevated films that should probably not be in the middle of our scoring system, but I'm going to send it to Hall of Justice, Dave. I just think it's a great movie, but it's just not amazing. It was just a good romp for an hour and 50, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What about yourself? Right in the middle then. Okay. So for me, I remember this being a massive surprise and you know didn't really know what to expect initially just probably uh i think i was signed up to you know the equivalent of netflix love film at the time so just got it out watched it on dvd and uh was pretty blown away by it to be honest and again because you had this ensemble cast you know this oceans 11 slash expendables cast of superstars you know who are all a little bit older now and a bit more wrinkly than when they were in their heyday but it was just brilliant and I just loved it I thought the the story was you know it, it was okay it was kind of wasn't fantastic but you know or, or particularly complicated um so it, it was simple enough to follow you know and and 
no, I think it's just a great kind of leave your brain at the door kind of popcorn movie. And, you know, obviously at the, t- at the time, I didn't know when I watched it the first time that you've got this rising star, Carl Urban, who, who's just gone from strength to strength. So the fact that you've got the older actri- actors and actresses and, and, you know, someone young and up and coming as well, I think is a, is a nice trade-off for this 2010 time capsule. But I, I think it's... I think it's better than a middle of the road film. I mean, I, I think what does it get on IMDb? It's a seven on IMDb, which is you know respectable. And I think I'm going to have it in and around the same kind of place as well. So for me, it's an Atlantis. So it's definitely not you know one of the one of the best films I've ever seen. But you know, like you say, it's a good. It's nearly two hours, isn't it? But you know, if, certainly if you haven't watched it before, then definitely worth going in and, and watching that one. And uh, yeah, absolutely respectable film. At some point, we'll do the sequel. I don't think the sequel did quite as well. I don't remember liking it as much. But again, it's one of those. We'll, we'll do it at some point and see how it stands up. So yeah, no, definitely. That's it. Atlantis from me. Great stuff, mate. Great stuff. And honestly, it's brilliant. Really good. I'm glad you you got us on to that, Dave. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, so, guys, as always, if you want to contact the show at Comics in Motion P on Twitter, the Comics in Motion podcast at gmail.com. And if you do get a chance, drop us a review in your podcast catching up. Just that's myself and Dave get out there to more people and get all them iTunes charts. So, Dave, great week for us. We've launched another uh, show on our channel. Well, we haven't, the guys have Steve has in that, but obviously it's on the platform. We've thoroughly love the fact that we've got all these great people creating content under the comics in motion banner uh, and long may it continue and hopefully like days at the top of the show we will have a few more hopefully so uh yeah good stuff dave awesome well it's good to speak to you again mate we'll be back again same time next week uh where we'll review something else but uh as we said before if you get across to the vhs strikes back uh there's going to be blood on the walls on wednesday <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you next time. Bye now. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentra. Tell Xavier. Go fuck yourself. What in the ass? Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale of night? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jerome! Kneel before Zod! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. And he? Goody. Whoa! Hey!